just before we start, um, Dorothy's 18-month-old grandson, Dex, pulled uh, uh, some boiling coffee all over him and is in, in hospital. So we hold up Dex to you. We pray for your grace. We pray for your healing touch. We pray, Lord, as the plastic surgeon looks at what has to be done, Lord, we, we thank you for what doctors can do. But, Lord, we trust you and we look to you to heal, to heal that there would be no scars, Lord. We're just asking, asking that you took a scar for us, that we don't have to have scars. And so we, we lift up Dax and the family to you, to your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Lord. Wow, look at this uh, brand new uh, pulpit that Brian bought for the churches. It's, uh, it really is beautiful. Uh, it's lovely to be able to put your word on the, on the solid foundation. Uh, it's not, uh, not wobbly. Uh, so, yeah, thank you, Brian. So what a week. What a week for a family. And when I look at the world in which we live in and look at this fallen world, and we see Joe's dad having gone to be with Jesus. We see Ian, uh, 87 years. And in, in some res- respects, it's a flash. It's just flash by, just uh, uh, a vapor, as the scriptures say, say. And so the most important thing you and I do is we, we put our hope and our trust in Jesus. It's at this time that we realize that uh, what Jesus did his death, his burial, his resurrection is of vital importance. If he didn't rise from the dead, we would be to be pitied more than all other people because we would be without hope. But we are not a people without hope. You are not a person without hope because you have Jesus. We have Jesus. And sometimes when I have a look at Ian's life, and sorry, I might repeat some of this. We have a memorial service on uh, Tuesday morning here at 10 o'clock. I know for COVID things we have to keep numbers low and there's not going to be eats here. Uh, but uh, when I look at his life, 87 years, and possibly for the last 10 years, he hasn't been around. He checked out and probably five years ago he was not sure really who he was and who we were, were in many, ti- many times, he wouldn't know who we were. And it's been a hard season. It's been difficult to carry that. And he's been in our, in our home for the, I don't know, the last five or six years. And only a, just less than three months ago, he moved to a home. And when I watched him, we went to pray for him on the day that he died. And, you, and he had emphysema and uh, the breathing was difficult. And, we, and I saw this body, which was once a gymnast, once, uh, you know, swung on those parallel bars and did all those flick flecks and all those amazing things, was, was uh, wasting away. And it's quite hard as you, as you watch that process, as you watch that process of people going from this world into the next world. I think even when we come, come into this world, the birthing process is quite a difficult one. It's not an easy one. Not an easy one for mom. It's not an easy one for us as we watch, as we watched Ian depart and go and be with Jesus. But that was never the plan. 
when, when the death was never to be a part of God's plan. Yes, he foresaw it happening. Yes, he knew about it. And that's why he, he did this wonderful, this greatest act of love ever known. He came and died on a cross. And he rose again that you and I might also have that resurrection life in ourselves. If you have Jesus, if you have Jesus living in you, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, you, have, you and I have Holy Spirit, he will raise these mortal bodies to life. And so, in a sense, and I know I'm speaking to lots of people here today, we've, we've lost loved ones, we've lost children, we've lost moms and dads, and, and yet we know that even though that loss is huge and there's a, there's a gap forever while we're on earth, we do know that we have a hope and one day we will hug them again. In the flesh, we will have flesh again. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that exciting? Your moms and your dads that knew Jesus, you're going you're to see again. And so we are loved, beloved. I think that was for me last week. That's what spoke. We, we came to the table. We broke, broke bread. Trevor had that word about uh, the love of God being shed abroad in our hearts. And we were called to give out that love. And we receive that love at the, at the table. We receive the love of Jesus at the table of mercy. But as I look at the world and as I look at where we are as a, as a community in, in South Africa and we look at uh, just the, the brokenness, the destruction, the, the pollution, there's a sense of, come Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. When are you coming? When are you going to come back? When are you going to come and take us to be with you in, in your presence forever and ever? And so there's a, there's a hunger in our hearts. There's a hunger in my heart to go and be with Jesus. Jonathan keeps saying that. It's not better to go and be with Jesus. It is far better, far better, more wonderful to go and be with Jesus. And so, I want you just to say this. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. So I read an article the other day, and it was by uh, Joni Erickson Tada. I think you, most people would probably know her story. Uh, in the early 70s, she dived into some water and hit the bottom, and she was paralyzed, I think, from her, from her neck down. I think that was... I'm not sure the exact, but she was paralyzed. And uh, I want to just share a story that she writes. Because I think it's pertinent. I think it's uh, her wedding day. And as a pastor, you get the wonderful privilege of standing. I've done hundreds and hundreds of weddings over the, over the years, over the last 20 years. And it's a great privilege. There's one coming up soon. Just in, in November, I think, it's coming up. There's a wedding not so far away, and you're looking forward to that, and you're planning for it, and the wedding feast has been prepared, and you're paying the money, and uh, we are all going to go to a wedding feast. We have all been invited to a wedding feast, and we've, repi- we've replied, RSVP, we've replied, yes, I want that 
I want to be with Jesus. We have invited Jesus to, to walk with us, to follow us. We have confessed him as our Lord and our Savior. So Joni gets married, and this is what she said. On the morning of my wedding, my helpers laid me on the couch in the church's bridal saloon to dress me in my gown. They heaved and shifted my paralyzed body this way and that way, trying to fit me into it. But when I sat back in my wheelchair, I groaned in the mirror. I looked like a float in the rose parade. Right before I wheeled up the aisle, my bouquet slipped off my lap. Then I spotted a greasy tire mark on my hem. My chair was spiffed up, but it was still a big chunky thing with belts and ball bearings. I was not the picture-perfect bride. Then I caught a glimpse of Ken at the front. He was craning his neck, looking for me. My face grew hot and my heart began to pound. Suddenly my wheelchair and clumpy dress with its smudges faded away. I had seen my beloved and how I looked no longer mattered. I couldn't wait to get to be the front to be with him. I may have felt unlovely, but the love in Ken's face washed it all away. I was the pure and perfect bride. That's what he saw, and that's what changed me. That's what changed her. One look at the bride, groom. One look at him. One look at Jesus and things change. And you and I need to look at Jesus, the lover of our souls, the one who went to the cross and died for us, who, who took our filthy garments. And what did he give us? He gave us a garment of righteousness. Isn't that a beautiful thought that this bridegroom loved you and I so much that he went to the cross and he gave us life and he gave us Jesus and he gave us himself. One look at the king, one look at Jesus and we are completely transformed. It says in 1 John chapter 3 verse 2. I'm going to read it from the message version. But friends, that's exactly who we are. We are children of God. And that's only the beginning. Who knows how we'll end up? What we know is that when Christ is openly, openly revealed, we'll see him. And in seeing him, become like him. All of us who look forward to his coming, stay ready with the glistening purity of Jesus' life as a model for our own. Let's just a little unpack that verse, that verse a little bit. Just the first thing is, we are children of God. If we walk with Him, if we're led by the Spirit, we are the children of God. That's a, that's a great thing. That's a wonderful thing. And also, when we, when we see Him, what's going to happen? We will become like Him. And that's the cry of my heart is, 
that we actually don't have to wait until He comes. We can start seeing Him today. Today, when we're going through stuff and we're going through life and, and life is hard, there's, 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 there's fathers who, who, who die, who, who, who struggle. There's, there's children who get boiling coffee poured over them. That's the world in which we live in. And I want us to see Jesus. I want to bring a bit of the kingdom of God from, uh, from heaven to earth that we would experience that. So even as we're praying, we're praying with faith for Dex that, that, that he will be healed. And as we read the scriptures, he's given us this holy, this holy word, this, the, the scriptures he's given us to, for us to feast on, to feed on, to nourish ourselves, to clean, clean ourselves, to, to wash ourselves in, in the word so that we clean. That's what he's given us so that we can see him. Paul, we pray this prayer often. In, one, in Ephesians chapter 1. He prays that he might give us the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. That we would have wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. As we see Jesus, we see things differently. As we see Jesus, we are in heaven. We are seated in heavenly places with him. So we can see life differently. We can see the death of Ian is not the end. Because we're seeing from a different perspective. And so we have a, a revelation of the knowledge of Jesus. Having the eyes of our hearts enlightened, I need to see Jesus. I need my eyes to be enlightened. The eyes of my heart, it's quite strange. My heart is there, my eyes are here. It's not just a head knowledge. It's actually a heart knowledge. It's a, it's a knowledge that, that kind of passes all understanding. In the midst of crisis, in the midst of death, there can still be a joy, there can be a peace. And then there's this amazing part in this verse. It says, after having the eyes of our hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. So he, there's a hope. You and I have a hope. And the hope to which God has called us. When I look at Ian, and I think of Ian, and I think of the last, particularly say last five years, he didn't really know who we were, who he was. There were, he had some moments of, 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 of lucidity. But uh, thank you for that word. He had moments of lucidity, but for, for most of the part, he didn't know where he was. He didn't know this was his, that, that he was at home. He was always wanting to go home to Kloof, wherever that was, whichever house that was that he lived in, lived in, lived in previously. But I take heart that, that, that uh, even when our mind goes, it's always all about Jesus. Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. It's not dependent on you and I. It's dependent on Jesus. He who began a good work in you will bring it to fruition. Who began a good work in me will bring it to fruition, fruition, even if I lose my mind. God is faithful. God is a faithful God. Maybe that's what you need to hear today. Just that line. God is faithful. He's going to never leave you. He's never going to forsake you. Isn't that beautiful? And so, all of us should be looking forward with great expectation to the coming of Jesus. And wouldn't it be beautiful if he came in our lifetime? Wouldn't it be beautiful if we didn't have to go through 
the, the, the pains of death, and it's usually the process which can be pretty messy and difficult and hard. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you just came while I was preaching? While I was preaching and we all went and joined him in the sky. Wouldn't that be an amazing thing? Not yet. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a bit of, always a little bit of that. Uh, there's still more, there's still, but it's, but it's Jesus. And Jesus gave himself up. Why? In Ephesians 5 verse 27, verse 27, Jesus gave himself up. I'll start again. That he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. That she might be holy and without blemish. Beloved, we are the church. We are the bride of Christ. And that is what he's doing with us. He is changing us. He is transforming us as we see each other. As we, as we see him, we are changed. We become more like him. We are being transformed from glory to glory. That's, that's, that's who you and I are. Sometimes we have a look at it and we think, well, it doesn't look like that. It doesn't even feel like that. But let's trust. Let's trust the word. Let the word say who we are. Not our own thoughts, our own. And, and there's a, we have an adversary, the devil, who comes and lies and says, Bobby, you're not going to make it. You, you're grumpy or you, whatever. He's going to say, oh, that's what the devil tries to do. He tries to get our eyes off Jesus. And we need to put it out on, on him. We need to put it on what the word says about us. And so, Johnny Erickson Tata says, uh, you know, she's been prayed for thousands of times. Hundreds of times to be healed and walk out of that wheelchair, and she, and she and I'm and she would love to do that. But uh, this is what she says: Although at one time that was true, decades of lean, of leaning on Jesus and my suffering have driven my longings for heaven deeper. So although she hasn't been healed and, and we would love everybody to be healed and I think we must never stop ever praying for people to be healed. But we need to also just realize, as Joni has realized, that her sufferings have driven her to a deeper walk with Jesus. And so she says, a glorified body will be nice. A glorified body when we get to be with Jesus in heaven. That'll be, that'll be wonderful. But I want a pure heart. I want to be holy. That's what she's, she's wanting to be now. She's wanting to be holy. She wants to have a, a, a pure heart. And so with us, and so with any hopeful bride in waiting, there's a trusting Jesus. There's a, uh, anyone who loves this, the, the, the bridegroom, Wants to, wants to look good on the day. I go to all these weddings, and the brides always look completely magnificent. They're always so beautiful. As they walk down the aisle, and you see the, the, the groom looking at them, they, they always look so, so beautiful. And that's what we are. We are the bride of Christ. We are called to look beautiful. We are called to make ourselves ready. He is coming. The wedding day, the, the marriage feast is just around the corner. Let's get excited by that. 
And let's put to death those things of the flesh. Let's uh, walk in, in holiness. Well, let's walk in purity. Let's walk uh, self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Let's be those kind of people who live and look like Jesus, who are with Jesus. Jonathan's ends of every lockdown group message with this scripture from Titus 2, verse 12 to 14. He just chooses verse 13. But, so I strive to live a self-controlled, upright and godly life in this present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing, the appearing of the Lord Jesus, the great Savior who gave us for himself. That's what we're waiting for, beloved. That's where we should be excited. Every day we should wake up. Lord Jesus, are you coming today? Is today the day? Let's, say, let's live with that expectation. And because we're living with an expectation that he might come today, let's make sure we are ready. Let's not have any unforgiveness, any anger, any bitterness gnawing at our, in, in our insides. Let that all go because it's not worth holding on to. It just destroys us. It makes us miserable. Let us cling to the hope that Jesus is coming and he's coming today. And let's live that. Let's echo what the revelations say. Let's echo the spirit and the bride say, come. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let's say, come again. Come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come, Lord Jesus. And not only is our, our, our bodies and we wanting that to come, but we look at the creation. We look at the groanings of creation and we look at the earthquakes and we look at the pollution and we look at uh, the fires and we look at, we look at life and we can see how this planet is also waiting for the sons to be revealed, for, for us to come into our true inheritance, for Jesus to come when the, when the heavens and the, and the new earth and everything will be restored and it will be made like brand new. A brand new, a brand new day. That's what we're excited about. And I'm not just preaching here today just to try and give you some confidence uh, and, and we just, and then next week, well, it's back to drudgery as normal. It's back to, I've got to be at the office at eight and I've got to, you know, deadlines to meet. And then I've got, uh, you know, all those, all the pressures of life. And I've got to go to the doctors and I'm going to get a diagnosis. And what's that going to be? Uh, what I want us to, to realize is that God is in it all. He is with us. And he's promised never to leave us. The Lord in, 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 uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16, The Lord himself will descend from heaven with the cry of command and the voice of an archangel with the sound of the trumpet of God. The bridegroom comes. The bridegroom comes. Crumbs, crumbs, comes. There's, there's a scripture in that. Isn't the, the crumbs at the table are even here. <laughs> nice try to save myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we are now getting to the heart of why we long for Jesus' return. It will be the end of the ages. Christ's kingdom will be complete. His matchless name vindicated. 
sin, death, the devil and his hordes, all of them judged and destroyed. The glory of, of, of Jesus Christ filling the universe as he is crowned King of Kings, earth and heaven restored. Beloved, that's the excitement that we take into this week. When I have to go to a memorial service, I take that excitement. When I take, let's, let's, let's live at those people. It will transform how we live life. Because we will live life from a perspective that Jesus is Lord. So Maranatha, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Amen.